Welcome to the Mike Hewitt Show. Ten years and growing. It's about family, business, work, and politics like you've never heard it before. Yep, it's true. There's more than just a touch of wry humor mixed in. And now your host, Mike Hewitt. Folks, I am Mike Hewitt. Co-host, Miles Bauer. Miles Ludwig. (laughs) Where's Ludwig? Ludwig is on a cruise. Right now he's probably boarding the boat. Where is he cruising to? You know what? i got to tell you the truth now. I have no clue. Um, I'm just not a cruise person. (laughs) And he's going on a cruise. I said, God bless you. Enjoy. Um, His wife has opened Coma, K-O-M-A, Coma Travel Agency. And so this cruise company, whichever one it was, gave them, gifted them a cruise I assume to try to get the business flowing from this new little company to that cruise line. At any rate, so no Ludwig, but I got to ask you, what's your what is your impression, Miles, of John Durham, special counsel? Good guy, bad guy. As I've said many times, the swamp does not police the swamp. I, I listen. I got to tell you, I think I think you and I probably have agreed every single time you've said that. I'm reading an article from him from the Wall Street Journal. Um, it's, it's an opinion piece. Special Counsel John Durham discredits the press. And what he's effectively saying in this is that, this is my interpretation, folks, but read it yourself, see if you interpret it the same way. But what I get out of it is that we're on the path of destruction unless the press starts doing its job. And in at least in that regard, I entirely agree with him. What, uh, what say you on that? Yeah, but Mike, Mike you, you and I have known for quite a while that the, the press are just a front for the Democrats. So that, that's a bit of dishonesty, I think, for him to assume that the the press is going to prosecute this there i mean that's just ludicrous i i agree uh, actually i entirely agree um they're not because they they're and, and listen we've touched on the press so often over the last forever um i i almost i don't i certainly don't want to turn the show today into discussion over the press except for to say historically I can never find a time in our history, the American history at least, when the press just called balls and strikes, report the news without an agenda, without skipping the part of the news they don't like, and including um, some overinflated version of what they do like. Um, and again, I say again, this show, you and I, Miles, this is this is commentary. We read the news; it's our opinion of what's right. going on in our world. But we're truthful about it, speaking of the word truth. They're not truthful about the fact that they are also commentary. They're they're skipping the stories that they don't want. They that, folks, that's commentary. That's that's a, and I would go you a step further in their case it's it is uh um propagandism because they're specifically trying to tailor the news to come. They're seeking a reaction, 
knowing what it will be because they've got a lot of history on that topic. I was pleased that he brought it up, and maybe I, maybe I give him more stock than he deserves on it. But anytime somebody uh, that's, I don't want to say a recognized authority, but somebody that's in that, in that, what that position should be, anytime they're able to say, wait a minute, we have a, we do have a problem, Miles. Um, one of the things that I wanted to touch on today was this week's um, uh, various debates that took place as we head inside that were single digits before the election now. And so th this past week we had all of these debates ta taking place, Pennsylvania, Michigan, Colorado, big debates. And I, I spent some time on social media looking at both left and right. So on the right side, I, I went to the various social media sources the right uses. By the way, that's part of what I want to get at because it's a point, Miles, you've made a number of times and it's your fault that I get on these rants, by the way. Um, mm -hmm. <laughs> and, then I, and then I go to Twitter and I look at what the left is saying. And by the way, when I say I go to Twitter to see what the left is saying, I get to follow all of your favorite uh, ink slinger news writers because that's where they're at and they're entirely surrounded. Nah, that's not fair. 90% of the folks that follow them are not just leftists. There you need a telescope far left. But here's where I'm going with it as I watch the debates. Both sides of the divide use almost the exact same language to describe, and I'll use Whitmer versus Tudor Dixon as an example. Our side talking about Whitmer, she's a liar, she's a liar, she's a liar. I go look and see what, what are they saying on Twitter about Tudor Dixon. She's a liar, she's a liar, she's a liar. They use almost the same word tracks to disparage their opposition. And I find that on a, a social studies level, I find that fascinating. What do you think, Miles Bauer? Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, when when we have two different worlds, right, if I'm plugged into MSNBC or if I'm plugged into Fox News, then I'm honestly going to think the other side's lying because everything I'm being told on my respective channel and in my personal political echo chamber is not going to track the same way that the other echo chamber is. Listen, some of the differences are fascinating. So it goes well beyond the, the debate interpretations. I've got an immediate family member, nice, wonderful, it's actually an in-law, nice, wonderful person, love her, she's great, um, well-educated, etc. She's, she's just a good person. Her and I don't agree on anything, but we disagree respectfully. So she's talking about the book banning of the right. I thought, book banning? Are we, We're banning books? Now, folks, this was a little while back, but it's still now it's part of the now it's part of the modern, the, the current dialogue again, because we're arguing over the books that were in circulation for children in many elementary schools where they're showing um, homosexual and straight sex illustrations for second, third, fourth, fifth graders. Um, they're, 
<laughs> she didn't have a clue that any of that existed. Oh, that's not true. Well, it is true. I can show you the books. We can look up what classes they were circulated in, which libraries were fighting to keep them. So it, it's she literally had no idea, and she wasn't being. It wasn't a partisan argument. She looked at me like I was an absolute lunatic. That's not happening. Well, yeah, it is, and this is what you're defending. I don't know anybody having um, being a person. I raised I raised four daughters, as you're aware. You've raised a son. I'm going to guess that neither one of us wanted our children to be thumbing through the pictures and the books that they're circulating for when they were first, second, third graders. Is that true, Miles? That is true. I did not. But 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 it's fascinating that those are what I think of as very basic truths. It either is a truth or it isn't. It either happened or it didn't. But both sides will identify the other on that type of glaring topic. You're a liar. That never happened. Well, here's the book. You're a liar. That never happened. I, I, Miles, you said that, and I, I, we're down to seconds before the break, but you you put it rightfully when you said there are two Americas, two completely different news streams, two sources of information that are opposed. It's, it's just a fascinating circumstance we find ourselves in. Listen, stay with us, folks. We are just getting going, but we'll be right back. All right, Miles Bauer, I, before I move on from that topic, and I promise I will, I got to ask you a question. Is this division of information? By the way, I don't even necessarily care about the press anymore. I'm not bagging on them. I'm just looking at the, the disjointed information between left and right. Uh, is that a happenstance from both sides doing the get out to vote in the media or is there a conspiracy it mixes? Is it done on purpose? What say you, Miles? Yeah, I mean, I, I think both sides honestly have an agenda. Um, you know, the, the key thing that I would ask the listeners to do is, you know, occasionally do turn over to MSNBC and listen for a little while or turn over to CNN. Sometimes when I'm driving in the car, we have a progressive talk radio station down here in Chicago right. because I can't listen to N NPR. I make it about five seconds and then I got to change the channel. But, you know, you you uh, do. I've I have literally been days where I was listening to conservative talk radio and they were talking about the U Ukraine war. And then I would flip over to progressive talk radio and they're sitting there talking about the Grammy Awards. Right. Right, right. And that's in Chicago. Yep. And but listen, folks, what it equates to is two, literally two entirely different cultures. And that's the, for me, that's the concerning part. It isn't who gets to describe the book in the third grade correctly or not correctly and overstated or understated. It's that we have at least, and I think you're the one that also said 
that's at the top of this is a an effort to tribalize and i think that was spot right. on when you said it we touched on it but when i stand back and look i we are literally divided into two cultures and i'm i find that very concerning and by the way just to be clear i say that to both sides it's not me from the right talking to the left yes i am a classical liberal i am a right wing <laughs> it's a right wing extremist I'm on this side of the divide, but I say it to both sides. I think that we're not being honest with ourselves because we're, we're it's, and by the way, a lot of folks will purposefully not arm themselves, just like you were talking about, by looking and listening to the other side. Ben Franklin talked about this during the, the, the founding convention. We need to take a break and don't spend these three days with people you agree with. Spend these three days with people you don't. And listen, I, I think we're at a point in American history, um, once we get past this election, I pray that folks will slow to navigation speed and start listening to each other. Because I, I don't think that what's at the, at the end of the path we're on, I don't think we're going to like it. All right, let's, let me, I'll get off that, I'll get off that rant. Elon Musk, he's got Twitter owned now. And, of course, I read the, the article about him carrying in the sink. Um, I, I, you tell me how wrong I am because I just went through this big tirade about media and leans left, leans right. But do I really care who owns Twitter? Well, <laughs> by virtue of your perspective, you, you uh, don't. But our friends from the wrong side of the aisle, they're the ones that are all bent out of shape about it. Right. I, I, I guess I'm there. When you say been out of shape, you win the understatement of the show award today. Because the, <laughs> Thank you. They're, 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 their hairs are on fire. They're upset over it. And listen, I, this show's on Twitter, folks. Let's, let me be, you know, I, I guess complete on this topic. We're on Twitter. We're on Instagram. We're on TikTok. We're, we're on Facebook. Uh, and by the way, speaking of fake book, before I move forward, you've been off fake book for how long now, Miles? It's been a couple of years, I think. Yeah, it's been a long time. Even left, even left Ludwig and and uh, my, we had our little fake book messenger group. Um, you've walked away entirely from fake book, um, and I'm reading an article midweek that Facebook, um, they're. <laughs> Financially, they got they got some bumps in the road. I don't want to say they're in free fall, but they're not doing so hot. What do you think? Well, yeah, I mean, you know, the the uh, same the reason why I left Facebook and Twitter is because they wanted access to everything on my cell phone, right? And I said there there is no way. So, <laughs> so I I just. I just abandoned it and un uninstalled the app. Um, yeah, because you're just not going to surrender them. So right. I, so I go, but this we're a changing world on that. A lot of folks are okay with it. So I stop at a gas. This has been back in the midsummer. I was doing yard work, folks. I'm not a big drinker, but I really like an ice cold beer when it's hot out, and I've been working hard. I go have an ice an ice cold beer. It's what I do. And so I'd stopped at a gas station on the way back to the house, bought a, was going to buy um, a six-pack of beer. 
By the way, a six-pack of beer will last me months. But I wanted one, so I stopped and I and they carded me. Well, that's kind of fun. I giggle at it. <laughs> you know, they carded me. I'm 60. In another month or a couple months, I'll be 62. I've got nine grandchildren, four daughters. Been on the air for a decade now. All of these things. But I, I don't look like anything but what I am, and that's an old guy. And I'm okay with that, by the way. But I laughed. A guy said, you know, I need to card you. Okay, so I hold up my, my uh, state-issued driver's license. Same thing that I think you ought to have to vote, by the way. But I hold it up. The guy says, no, no, I, it was in my wallet. No, no, I have to strike it in my machine. Strike what in your machine? We have a new policy. <laughs> so I do, too. You want to hear it? <laughs> so that meeting didn't end real civilly. But he wanted to, he literally wanted to store the information on my driver's license in their computer at a gas station. That's how commonplace it is. And evidently, lots of folks were okay with it. I'm not. There are a lot of folks that I have, I have worked with that are even our age. I've even talked to folks. And yeah, they're, they're uh, fine. And I'm, I, I'm just not that willing to give in information to folks that I don't intimately know. Well, they keep it on file. And, yeah. and you know, by the way, it's like I told that fella, I said, just so you know, the ownership of this organization is really, really telegraphing a message to you and I. They don't trust me, and they don't trust you. The problem with that is, is I'm one of those people that believe that trust is a gift for the trusting. And that tells me I don't trust them. I don't know what they're going to do with that computer when it dies. They're going to throw it in the junk. Somebody else is going to go get the hard drive out of it. You can tell us all about extracting data from from uh, harvesting hard drives. I don't have a clue what they do with that data other than it's not secure because it's sitting on the counter in a highly public, high-traffic gas station. So if you're a criminal and you're sitting there scratching your head watching everyone that comes in that buys any of the alcoholic beverages, every one of them, you're watching their, their data get loaded up. I, I, to me, it's just Im, imbecilic to take you know part on that. What, what is spooky to me, Mike, is that, you know, some, not all, but some of those services, you know, where you, where you send in your uh, DNA and they, they go through it and they find out what all's going on with you. Some of the companies that are used to inspect your your DNA are owned by the Chinese Communist Party. Right. Well, that's I mean, okay. that, is, that is spooky. That's okay, because they own our president. Right. <laughs> I mean, <that's>, right? <laughs> I, listen, folks, I got to tell you, I, any of these topics, you get onto them, it's like ju- jumping down the rabbit hole. And it, it, to use your word, it is spooky. And it causes me to stand back. But I believe where I started with this, it's why Facebook is in financial free free for all, because they want to act as a, a social police and they want to sell your information, et cetera, et cetera. I, I, wow. It's, it's uh, very trying to figure out where to be in that world. Folks, do me a favor. Stay with us. We've got to go, but we will be right back.
Folks, if you're just tuning in, I am Mike Hewitt, co-host Miles Bauer. Listen, I always take a moment right now to ask you, please send me an email, mike at themikehewittshow.com. Miles, you and I have been talking about social media for a while, but folks, i got to ask you, follow us on TikTok, follow us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, Instagram, reach out, talk to us. I reply to everybody. Um, I, I very much enjoy it. And you'll find that um, if you often the things that I'm hearing, you'll see a show content a week or two down the road. So if you want to get involved or correct us, please do. Mike at the MikeHewittShow.com. Miles Bauer, did you watch some debates this uh, this week? Yes, I did. Did you? Of course, I'm in Michigan and you're in Illinois, but we've got folks from uh, lots of different states that listen to us and thank you all for doing that everybody but i i i gotta start with the uh the whitmer um what do you call her the wicked witch of the north yeah <laughs> the whitmer versus tudor dixon debates and i have to say plural because there was the second of two total debates this this week um and then there was one two weeks ago miles did you see snippets or did you watch both of them no, I saw uh, snippets, but what the the one thing that that jumped out at me several years ago when she was debating, and I'm talking about the Wicked Witch of the North, right? She was very clunky, very not eloquent at all. And the first thing that that jumped out at me is that she must be working. She must have been working on that over the last several years because. She came off very eloquent and very organized. Um, in these last two debates. Yeah. See, now, my interpretation was is just a little bit different, but not much. I agree with you. When she debated to win the, the governorship um, four years ago, she was clunky, would be very polite. She was terrible. Right. Um, but, and, folks, I'm just talking about Yale, the debate club 101 kind of stuff. She was clunky. She sounded clunky. But coming forward to this cycle with Tudor Dixon, they've had two debates now. The first one with Whitmer, she sounded to me to be woefully unprepared, not clunky, to your point. Right. But I think she really, really under underestimated Tudor Dixon. I don't think that she actually prepared for, for a meaningful opponent in that debate. Um, and she came across being snarky, dismissive, but mostly simply unprepared on facts. I didn't find her to be very studied. Now, in this more recent debate this week, um, I think she'd stepped her game up dramatically because Tudor Dixon took her head off in the in the first debate two weeks ago, in my opinion. If I'm just folks, if you take your ideological hat off, and sit there with a paper and mark down every time one of them scores a point. When you got done, Tudor overwhelmingly won two weeks ago. I believe she won this week, but I think it was much of much more of a narrow victory. Have you got a, any? Do you think though that two weeks ago, when the polls had um, the Wicked Witch of the North just blowing the doors off Dixon, that it was just a matter of arrogance on her part saying hey i don't really ha have to debate i'm so far ahead and then and then all of a sudden 
Whitmer realizes the poles are starting to tighten, and so she had a little bit more interest. I, I think you're exactly right. I think the first debate, she's going, really? I got to do this? I got to debate this? This this person doesn't doesn't belong on the same stage with me. That kind of, that tone came through very loudly in the first of their two debates. In this most recent debate, though, I think she dramatically took to your point about polling, but also to my point about Tudor winning the first debate. The second one, I think Whitmer took her, her opponent much more seriously, but she couldn't shake the snarky tone, and she couldn't shake the fact that she resents the bejeebers out of our system of government where she's got to tolerate an opponent. That's what I heard listening to her. And I was wise, by the way, folks. I did not watch it. I listened to it on purpose. I didn't want to get lost in who wore what. I didn't, I don't care about those things. I just listened to a radio, actually an internet broadcast live of it in both cases. And I, I think Tudor won both, but I think Whitmer really displayed who she really is. And I don't think that that was a winning combination for her. Having said that, I still think it's up for grabs. I see all the polls, and they're still all over the place. Some of them um, have the two of them at tied 48. I see one early in the week at six points to, to Whitmer. What's your guess on that race, Miles Bauer? If it wasn't for Wayne and Oakland County, I would say Dixon definitely has a shot. But when I think about the history of Wayne and Oakland County, that's where I kind of got to go. I'm I'm afraid the Wicked Witch of the North is going to hang on. I, I think it's going to be very, very close. And to your point, there are 83 counties in the state of Michigan. And, and you've got the same in Chicago, so don't yep. laugh at us. If, if Wayne County decided not to vote, uh, Tudor Dixon would be an overwhelming victory. But with Wayne County and half of Oakland County in the mix, it, it, it's going to be, it, folks, I'm telling you, it's, I hate to be cliche, but it's if you're in Michigan hearing my voice, it's going to take every single common sense voter um, to, uh, to get rid of the witch. And that blows my mind, Miles. This, it really, truly does, speaking of, of, of uh, common-sense voters. This lady had senior citizens dying alone. She said no, no victory garden seeds, no U.S. flag. Those are not—how do people forget that stuff? How does that not go into the calculation for who they vote for? Mike, you, you heard me back in the summer, right after you guys had your uh, primary, and I, I was stunned— that nobody primaried the Wicked Witch of the North. I mean, it just speaks volumes to the Democrat Party in Michigan. It, it does. And 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 the part of the thing for me, and this is, folks, understand that I've got, uh, you know, at, at least until February when my term runs out, I'm the third district, third congressional district chair for the state party. And so I've, I've, I'm fairly involved on a state level in, in party politics. And what I find on the Republican side is a lot of folks that are very passionate, but they're willing to debate each other. They're willing to take each other on to come up with what should be in the end a, a, a better outcome for, for who our leaders are, et cetera. 
the the on the left it feels the opposite. I know that they're just as tribalized as we are, but it feels like when somebody says like Pelosi or whoever it is, when somebody says unite, they don't care who they're voting for. And um, that takes me, by the way, speaking of that, to Pennsylvania. What you did? Did you watch any of the debate with Doctor Oz and and? You no, know, that 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 is so sad. What 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 happened to Fetterman? Yep. The 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 thing that jumped out about about that is, I understand why the Democrats want Fetterman to keep going, even though obviously he's just not there. But what is Doctor Jill and Fetterman's wife? thinking. I mean, Mike, if if you ever get to that point, I'm going to take you aside. I'm going to say, <laughs> Mike, it's time to hang up the cleats, dude. <laughs> you, you know, I, I would genuinely appreciate you counseling me out of it if that's where I was at. I don't right. I don't get the voters in, in, actually, I don't get Democrats nationally or in Pennsylvania or in Michigan. I don't know how you can look at what Whitmer did in Michigan and say, yeah, I'm voting for her. I don't know how you can look at Biden with his mental state or uh, Fetterman and say, yep, yep, those, those are my. I don't know how you can earnestly, if you're, if you're so partisan that that makes sense to you, man, you got to go have a long talk with the, with the person in the mirror because that, that to me is serious troubled water to say, yeah, 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 I'm going to vote for that. I don't know. Folks, stay with us. We'll be right back. I got to tell you, Miles, I think the fourth quarter is my favorite. I don't know why. Maybe it's the stuff that I push down into the four. I don't know. But I just the fourth is my favorite quarter of the show. Jared, will you do me a favor and play that clip? Mike Hewitt here. Two years ago, Democrats won by politically weaponizing COVID. In some states, their control tactics amounted to martial law, as if America couldn't survive this particular pandemic without surrendering our Constitution. Triple mask, forced vaccines, and lockdown mania. As usual, they went too far. They overplayed their hand. They always do. An energy crisis, inflation, millions of unvetted aliens, increased violence, divorces, drug overdoses. Listen, I helped raise four daughters. Most people, regardless of politics, don't want boys in the showers with their daughters. Social engineering over academics and school has got to stop. Drag queens, critical race theories, illustrated porn, parents treated like criminals. But hey, there's good news. On November 8th, Democrat office holders from school boards to D.C. are going to get sent packing by voters. Want to get beyond the obvious? Find the Mike Hewitt Show on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. What you just heard was 60 seconds. It's a feature that I send out weekly. Um, and in this instance, it is exactly how I see this November 8th election cycle. We have an opportunity to send these folks packing. That is how I'm seeing it. Speaking of sending them packing, Miles Bauer, after sending out, I'm reading, a, this is from zerohedge.com, folks. After sending out 240,000 unverified ballots, Pennsylvania now warns of delays counting midterm votes. My subnote here is what's not to trust? What do you think, Miles? I think 
Remember right after the 2020 election, you and I were jumping up and down on the radio and Lude was looking at us a little bit funny. <laughs> and we, you and I agreed we didn't want to relitigate the 2020 election. Right. But we did want it investigated so that we could make changes to the laws so that it would improve our faith in elections moving forward. And now... Now you have garbage like this, where they're just sending out, you know, blank ballots. I mean, are we are we about to relive 2020? I, I you know, I listen. I'm, I'm seeing this from a, a couple different angles. The the first is, is I believe I don't I don't know how Michigan's going to turn out, but I think nationally, the House and the Senate and several governorships are going to flip red. If I listen to Newt Gingrich, he says biggest Republican tsunami since the year 1920. That would be big. I, I, I think in total we're going to do very well, and I believe the Democrats, forget 2020 for a minute, I think the Democrats are going to do what they've historically done, right down to Hillary Clinton. They're going to challenge. They're not going to believe. They're going to cry foul, election fraud, they're going to say all of the things that they always said for the last 30 years except for in 2020. I, and I think we're watching them set that up. And by the way, on a side note, when I'm reading these 240,000 ballots, I get the goal, I guess, is supposed to make it easier for voters. But we used to have an election day, and now we have an election month. Um, and the same folks that think it's great to have an election month used to opine about how we need to get money out of politics. But this process actually injects more money into it, and I'm not sure that they've ferreted that out. But what say you on all of these topics, Miles Bauer? The other spooky part about ha ha being able to vote early is think, think how many Millions of people voted before they saw any of those debates. Right. Uh, and, and by the way, I believe that that if you were to make a list of the top three reasons Democrats want an election month rather than an election day is exactly what you just said. So if you were if you were a Democrat in Pennsylvania, you've already cast your vote. You cannot undo it. You voted right. for that fella. By the way, I don't know if he's a good guy or a bad guy. I don't know any of that. I know that having watched his debates, he is not mentally capable of being a U.S. senator. He just isn't. And I'm not being mean. I think it goes to your point early in this uh, in today's show. What's going on with his wife? What's What are those folks in his immediate circle? Why would they let him do this to himself? But I believe, folks, that, that in the top three reasons— that they want you to vote a month early is to get you outside the window of facts because we all know for an absolute mathematical, documentable fact that polls always tighten in the last 10 days, not like sometimes or mostly, 100% of the time, especially in the last 30 days and then again at the 10-day window, as more and more people that are not necessarily political um, junkies like we are start to pay attention. That's what tightens the polls. They know that. So they want their base voting way before any of these facts are laid out. Am I all wet with that? 
No, I, I, I think you're uh, spot on that they are, you know, I, un, unfortunately, I think the Dems in Pennsylvania are glad people voted before that debate. Absolutely. Um, absolutely. Now, Michigan, I, I don't know what the final numbers are, but it's like 800,000 ballots. It's some crazy number that's been sent out. Uh, I, I mean... It gets to the point where this trust line has to really be a long one. And listen, it's what you said following the 2020. If, if, By the way, folks, let me clarify. I'm, I'm not even getting into the debate about whether 2020 was a legitimate election or not. But I'm saying, Miles, to your point then, if, if folks don't believe in our election process, we no longer have a legitimate, functioning, democratic, republic form of government. Right. Is that true? Oh, yeah, because, I mean, I mean, if, if, if our vote doesn't count, we have no voice in our government. Right. But, but the Democrats will lose in this cycle, and they will use everything that they've learned that— Folks on our side said following the 2020 debacle, uh, <laughs> I'm telling you, ladies and gentlemen, you're going to sit back and read headlines um, two weeks from now and go, wow, Democrats are saying what they said we were crazy for saying. And I, I, 2016, how long did Hillary deny Trump's victory? She's still denying it, by the way, yep. um, along with a lot of her supporters. Um the, the the hanging Chad drama. We've been we've been going through this debate over verifiable, legitimate elections a long time. And we're not tightening it down to your point. We're loosening it. Right. Uh, that that's that's my interpretation. I know they disagree, but do you think we're loosening it or tightening it, Miles Bauer? Sounds like they're Loosening it, I mean, it, it might be because you and I currently live in blue states that the blue states are going to keep it fast and loose, and potentially the red states are uh, trying to tie it down. But that just go goes back to, so we live in two different countries. Uh, we do. And, and, and it goes to my original question, is, it, is that happenstance? Or is there a conspiracy purposely putting us, causing us to be two countries? Because we really are. Yeah. I, and I don't know the answer to that, but holy, holy smokes. Um, I, it, By the it, way, didn't, didn't you tell me in the 2020 cycle that you knew of precincts in the state of Michigan where they had more ballots than they had registered voters? Yeah, they had a couple precincts in Wayne County where they literally had more ballots than voters and yeah. and and then they can't they couldn't certify them but <laughs> but the numbers are the numbers and of course the argument was yes there might have been a little fraud but it wasn't enough to wash away the 157,000 votes or or whatever the number was and i got to tell you folks that might be well true but if we start allowing ourselves to say well the other was fraud but it wasn't a lot I mean, come on. That's just well, not a legitimate. You, 
you and I spoke about the error in the recent census. Uh, yeah, listen, we're down to 20 seconds, but if you okay. can do a short snip on that, then... Well, no, it was just, it looked rather suspicious in that Minnesota overcounted to preserve their congressional seats, yet several of the red states were undercounted. Yeah, I can't remember. And we remember. had a lar larger margin of error in this one than we had in the past. Yeah, I can't remember. It was like 800,000 uh, errors. So listen, folks, we've got to go, but please follow me, MikeHewittShow.com. Can't wait to see you again next week. Please be safe. Thank you.